1: Well, we're kicking off this week's episode with a huge congratulations to Potchki, which was just named one of the 47 best restaurants in the country by USA Today.
0: Woo! Uh,
1: if you have not been over to Potchki, get out from underneath your rock. Go over there, check it out. Everything there is good. Keenan, I know we've been there a couple times together. I mean, you want to talk a little bit about what earned them this honor?
0: Oh, yeah. I, I love it so much. Everything is delicious there, from the babkas to the uh, Lux Bialis are just phenomenal. Yeah. One, of our best, one of the best restaurants in the city, in the state. I stand by that.
1: In the South, in the country. I mean, that's what this, uh, this list was all about. And it got us thinking once the list came out, you know, uh, while we are super stoked that Poshki is on the list, there are also some other restaurants around Knoxville that we wish could have made the list. And um, you can go over to knoxnews.com to read our story about the ones that we um, wish made the cut. But um, we're going to talk about just a few of those here on the podcast today and also talk about what this major success for Poshki could mean for the greater food scene. I think you hear a lot about in certain industries, especially the beer industry, about how that success trickles down. Does that happen in the the food industry and where exactly is knoxville's food scene going we talked about here on the show some exciting concepts that are in the works um, some more that are right around the corner um, including some that keenan you have reported on i guess let's go ahead and introduce ourselves before we get started i'm ryan willis downtown growth and development reporter at knox news
0: i'm keenan thomas the higher education reporter as well as a growth and development reporter
1: and this is the Scruffy Stuffy podcast about all the news happening in and around downtown Knoxville. And to get started, where, where do we want to go? I mean, we could talk a little bit more about Potchke, um, although I would encourage everybody to head on over to, like I said, knoxnews.com or over to USA Today and check out all of the restaurants that made the list. But definitely, you know, whenever we were thinking about which restaurants make sense to nominate from Knoxville, um, we thought through a couple. Potchke made the cut. For some of the reasons we just spoke, of of course the food is one thing. Um, the Loxby Alley, yes, you mentioned, is phenomenal.
0: But also that they've had like an interesting story of starting up as a pop up, getting a one year lease for a spot that was a former coffee shop, and then just kind of seemingly just naturally becoming one of the hot spots downtown. Got a lot of coverage from us. Got some national coverage over in New York Times. Like it's been a big deal, and for it to finally get like a really good recognition here. It's just feels like a like a big milestone
1: yeah a long time coming i would say too i mean even though they've only been around for a short time it was pretty clear early on that this was not going to be a pop-up uh they kept getting the support that it got in the early days and it seems that that momentum has continued so when i start thinking about restaurants that we wish made the list um i know i wrote a story over at knox news i know you included in the urban knoxville newsletter um some that you wish made the cut before we start talking about sort of the state of the food scene, I think part of what makes the food scene, of course, obviously so good, is the variety of restaurants. So there's a lot to choose from. Um, Keenan, what were some that uh, you thought of? I'm
0: going to go first with a Pochki-adjacent restaurant with a Dopo sourdough pizza, just north of downtown. Excellent food, incredible atmosphere. One that, like, the few times I've gone, I've been just extremely impressed with. One time I did do the trust fall which is where they pick out the pizza, the wine, the gelato, everything. And it was just impeccable. Like one of the best restaurants in the city by and large. And like, if you haven't gone, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Especially cause it's been around for a few years now. It's just utterly delicious.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I did. and It's weird. I think the other one that's on your list is also one that's, you know, it's been a restaurant like Adopa that has been on my radar for a long time. It wasn't until relatively recently that I had the chance to actually sit down and enjoy it. You know, it's one of those places where you need a reservation most most times just because it is so popular. And, um, you know, I think, you know, pizza really need a reservation. It's that good. And the atmosphere too. I mean, for it being a pizza restaurant, you go at night, it's a great date night spot. So, I'm with you, that one was on my list, but to name my first one, Um, that I uh, wish could have made the cut. I'm going to pull one that didn't actually make it onto my list originally um, that I got to try for the first time recently. It's kind of fresh on the mind. But Amelia on Market Square um, went there for Valentine's Day with my wife and had just a phenomenal meal. Um, It's one of those that's been around a little bit longer. And I think when we talk here in a little bit about the state of the food scene here in Knoxville and specifically downtown Knoxville, we're going to talk a little bit about the new wave of restaurants that have come in um, Amelia's been one of those that's been around for a while that's been sort of a staple on Market Square. And I will say, you know, you're going to be surprised that I'm raving about this of all things there at the restaurant. But the simple bowl of olives that was waiting that I ordered on the table as an appetizer, um, along with the bread delicious these i mean and people talk about these olives too um these these warm olives that can be purchased as an appetizer but the pasta dishes that i had not normally my speed but went with a vegan uh, mushroom and pine nut Ooh. pasta that was absolutely delicious and then you know the wife went with the carbonara which was delicious and um Yeah, it's just one of those, I mean, um, the atmosphere is fantastic, too, being on Market Square, typically a lively place, but feeling still intimate and secluded and in your own space. um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and there's a reason it's been around for a while, too. I think uh, it's one of those that's popular with locals, for sure.
0: If you want an extra reason to go, I took my girlfriend for her birthday in December. And she told me the other day that she still thinks about the pasta dish that she got there. There you go. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: I'm still thinking about it. We're just you know not quite as far away, but f- about a week off Valentine's Day now, and I'm still talking about it. So, um, But Keenan, uh, I think we said we're going to do two. So what's your other one?
0: My other one is a South Knox staple with Landing House, uh, one of the best Asian restaurants in town. Um, I've tried something new every time I've gone, including one of our picks for our favorite dishes of last year, uh, the chili crisp noodles. Uh, just incredible food also fun atmosphere because it's in a house (laughs) so you get to sit next to like a fireplace and what felt like a living room while they're serving you just delicious meals um i brought y'all uh you and your wife there recently for your first time oh yeah and uh the buns that they made that day were just incredible like i'm still thinking about it honestly
1: yeah, yeah, the those buns were, those were good buns. I enjoyed those. That was the highlight of the meal. Was the was the appetizer kind of similar to Amelia with the olives? I'm gonna keep it going with uh, another one that wasn't on either one of our lists. I don't think, um, and I'm gonna say Schultz Brow, which Ooh. is gonna uh, maybe surprise some people. That's an um, interesting pick. Yeah, just because you know it's a, uh, it's it's primarily a brewery. Um, but I've been super impressed with their food program over the past uh, few years as that kitchen has grown. I, I was going to put and uh, Reel as my pick. That is one that made it on my list. And these restaurants that we're mentioning, I mean, we only have so much time here on the podcast, right, that if you want the full list, um, that's why we always encourage you to head on over to Knox News or check out the Urban Knoxville newsletter, which there's a link to that in our uh, description of the podcast, that newsletter that Keenan and I both write. But Schultzbrow didn't make on either one of those lists, but the more I'm thinking about it, Where can you get authentic German beer, for one? Mm -hmm. Schultzbrow. I mean, it's one of the few places. Or authentic German food. And Schultzbrow's that place. I uh, have recently been relatively recently been introduced to schnitzel it's been a a, it's something that sounds like it would be right up my alley you think would have made its way into my life a little bit sooner um and the various krauts that they have and the spetzel i mean it's just these Mm -hmm. things that you know especially this time of year i just love like and that's probably part of the reason i'm mentioning it when it's cold outside there's something about sitting outside by a fire and enjoying a warm plate of german food like that with the gravy and the eggs and it's filling
0: other oh, schnitzels on another on another level yeah it's it's, so, it's good.
1: so good and even for um i think it was was it thanksgiving or christmas i can't remember christmas. i want to say it was christmas um you know me and my wife uh Her her mother had COVID and couldn't go out and do uh, you know like a family dinner, and so we got a special from Schultz Brow that was like a full um, plate of you know meats and sides and a slice of pie as well. Uh, They put it to go in a pizza box for me. They even have pizza, so I think it's just one of those places that yeah I wish could have made the list because of one its environment is unlike any other. Um, It's types of food that it has you just don't see every day, Um, and it's one of those you know it feels very comforting. And I think there's I have a special place in my heart right for comfort food. Again, uh, we're just scratching the surface right here, but wanted to mention a few of these so we can get the conversation sort of rolling a little bit about, you know, what does this recent honor from Pachki or for Pachke, uh say about the current state of our food scene? When we think about that honor, in addition to, you know, we just named four restaurants here, but we have a whole list online that talks about um, the variety of food that we have here. Man, 47, right, out of the whole entire country. That's not even one per state. Um, And one of them was in Knoxville. It's pretty incredible.
0: I feel like that speaks well, though, to the variety that we have in Knoxville. You can walk down Gay Street. There's five different restaurants that are all worth trying and all incredible meals to have. Uh, That's what always astounds me is whenever I'm picking, I'm like, what do I want? (laughs) Do I want Italian? Do I want Asian? Do I want... French now with uh, Lilu.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about Lilu actually, and you know, this conversation is actually perfect timing because we had a job candidate in, and you know, we give like a tour of Knoxville. And one thing I'm always encouraging is like, do you have any? You know, ask questions about the job. Yes, but what are you know some personal questions, personal interests? And they're asking about just sort of the diversity of food here, and for me, I mean, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, and you'll hear longtime long time downtown uh, residents and frequenters say that, you know, downtown used to be burgers and barbecue and beer, and now we have all these different kinds of concepts, and it might not be like we're in a Nashville or like some, you know, big like New York City where you have all these, you know, multiple options of food, but there is just about one of everything, right? Um, if not, you know, one at the minimum, there is a place for any type of food I think that you want in Knoxville, which is one of the many things. You know taking this to the next level about what I like about Knoxville in general, right? Is that it's still that big, big city, small town kind of feel where you have the you know, you have these things that you can um, try out without being overcrowded or oversaturated or you know, too busy of a scene.
0: I mean, we have a place where you can go get haggis, so
1: yes, yes, chicken reel, which, which I wanted on my list because specifically of the haggis and the neeps and tatties. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely a lot more diversity. And, you know, one thing that I think um, is interesting is just the fact that we have Blackberry Farm Resort so close Mm -hmm. by. And um, it's one of those places that's always on national destination lists and always winning awards for their quality of service there. Part of that resort is the culinary program. And so you have a lot of chefs that make their way, kind of use Blackberry Farm over in Wallen as sort of a training ground, um, and then come to Knoxville, either to work as a chef in a kitchen or to work their way up and maybe start their own concept. I mean, you saw that with Pochke. Uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence Faber is a uh, used to be a pastry chef at Blackberry Farms. Um, you have uh, Joseph Flynn of J.C. Holdway, which J.C. Holdway was on our list, um, Blackberry Farm alum, and also uh, downtown Knoxville's only James Beard award-winning chef. Um, and so you see a lot of this crossover, which is which is uh, very interesting, and just another one of those reasons. I mean, we talk about um, if Knoxville doesn't have all the amenities you want, and we were telling this to the Job Canada earlier. The amenities are close by, whether it's you can go to another city within a short drive, or um, you know we had this awesome resort within a short drive that's feeding into our local food scene here.
0: But you can also move to Sequoia and go to Plat Apron, which has Drew McDonald from. They went through that culinary program too.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And so you'll you'll see that everywhere, Um, not everywhere, but you'll see you'll see. You know, don't be surprised if you know the chef at your favorite restaurant at least spent some time over at Blackberry Farm, which is an awesome resource and amenity to have. Um, And I want to talk a little bit too. And Keenan, you would be great to talk about this the wine craze that has kind of erupted here in Knoxville more so um, in the past year or two than we've seen um, really ever uh, in uh, specifically, I'm thinking about the downtown and downtown adjacent scene. But the reason I bring that up is because you mentioned now we can have a French experience downtown with Lilu opening up on Gay Street and mm-hmm. talking with Aaron Thompson over there um, at Lilu. He was talking about how, um, you know, he hopes that Lilu can become a place that can encourage more Variety of wine to make its way into the national market, and here's how he described it to me: is like you know, with having Blackberry Farm so close by, right, that uh, you know people that are distributing their wine can kind of use Blackberry Farm. Uh, as a test market and then oh if something does really well well maybe we'll send a few cases to knoxville too since it's so close by and then you know the people who get those at their restaurants or at their bars start spreading the word around it and then perhaps you know those wines can make their ways into the larger scene and so it's kind of interesting how blackberry farm again on the wine side of things can help fuel uh, more interesting wine options being available in knoxville
0: well on that note too it's like knoxville's had a, an interesting wine scene and we've especially last year saw a lot of wine bars open up over in Farragut. There was Sparrow, uh, in kind of that beginning to get into North Knoxville, double S wine bar reopened, uh, further up in happy holler. There's zero zero, which focused on natural wine, but also one of downtown's like big wine stores is primarily about natural wine, uh, downtown wine and spirits. So You've, we have had like an interesting scene that is beginning to burgeon, forth, uh, especially within the last year, and from what I've seen, seems to be very, rather successful. Almost every time I've gone to Zero Zero since it's opened, it's been pretty packed.
1: Yeah, well, the main reason I want to bring that up is just because we were talking about Blackberry Farm, and of course, food and wine go together, but it's also, you know, the bigger picture, sort of broader stories, right, is that um, things are being, you know, we're past the point of, oh, I wonder what will work in the downtown Knoxville market to the point where now we've tried some new concepts and there's been, you know, some stuff has proven to have worked, and so now we're kind of at that next level in our food scene where, again, going from the beers and barbecue and burgers to, oh, you know, well, this um, – this restaurant that might have been a little risky. It might have been risky to open up a um, open up an Italian restaurant like Amelia on Market Square. It might have been risky to open up, you know, something like uh, Kefi over in the Old City, a Mediterranean concept five years ago definitely 10 years ago that you know you just wouldn't see that in downtown and so it's more people are trying new concepts and proving that there is a taste here for it which goes along with more people moving here which we've talked about on the show before too there's a more diverse mix of folks in knoxville um i think you're just going to see that ball just keep rolling and just kind of lead to uh, more interesting concepts
0: more interesting concepts as well as even more fine dining concepts i feel like we've had a lot within the last few years as we mentioned, J.C. Holdway has become like a pretty premier restaurant, but it's joined like Oliver Royale. Caffey is another example. But we also still have our burgers and barbecue whenever we want, um, And especially with a new concept coming in, uh, the Humble Hog over on Gay Street next to Chivo, which he is gearing up to open soon. He is still kind of finalizing a few details, the owner there, but is pretty much bringing in more barbecue downtown but he said he's uh working on like experimenting with it being a little different with how he presents his barbecue
1: which i think is good because one thing uh, i was just talking with somebody the other day we were standing on gay street and kind of looking around and we were saying you know th- there was there was bluegrass uh folksy's kind of bluegrass uh band playing at sutry's which i thought was uh nice they've remodeled that place a little bit and so i was like i've never really seen live music in here and then it was you know, felt kind of East Tennessee. Then you go out on Gay Street, and we're like, you know, you know, it doesn't really feel too East Tennessee. I feel like they could lean into it a little bit more in downtown Knoxville. So having like a barbecue spot, I mean, obviously Knoxville doesn't have a food. You could argue steam sandwiches, perhaps from Nixon's, is our food we identify with. But Nashville has the hot chicken, Memphis has the barbecue. We don't really have that identity, but still something you know, lean it into the Appalachia, the Southern, the Tennessee to see a barbecue restaurant open up on Gay Street. I think that that's that's kind of exciting. I think something else that's interesting about knoxville's food scene is one you have like those resources we talked about with like blackberry farm feeding into our food scene whether it's with food or with you know chefs or whether it's with wine you also have a lot of restaurants that have been around for a while now um in downtown sort of this new wave of restaurants like the um not the new new wave but like the you know the tomato head on market square and the amelia some of those staples that have been part of the downtown scene for a while those success stories have you know led to um the owners of those restaurants passing on their knowledge to you know chefs and cooks who have worked their way up and maybe have worked their way up into the scene now where they're ready to start their own concept so it's like it's like a it's a revolving cycle that kind of didn't really start i feel like until we really started to see this downtown renovation in the early 2000s and now we've gone through you know it's been you know nearly 20 years perhaps that some of these restaurants have been open and so they've had a lot of people come through their doors and a lot of people have learned from their experience so you'll see you know some people that worked for you know so and so in the past is now starting their own new concept there's that but there's also the level of, you know, when we think about diversity in the terms of who owns some of these downtown restaurants, what you'll notice if you look at the food scene is there are a lot of restaurants that share ownership with another restaurant. And, um, you know, talking about uh i'll look at cafe four for an example cafe four was a spot that was proven on market square that has since been sold uh but the clinaris family uh that originally owned it uh they have since expanded to open vita in the vault and they've since expanded to open up kefi and so i think you know having a, a successful restaurant in the downtown scene and being able to make money off that and reinvest that into new concepts i think there's been a lot of people who like care about downtown or want to invest more in downtown or I mean, if you don't want to look at it as optimistically, just have the money because they, they can and want to you know, try new concepts downtown, probably don't have as big of a barrier of entry as a first-time restaurant owner to get into that downtown scene, but... Um, the fact that there have been some proven concepts over the years has led to more just because owners are able to try new things. So you look at Canaris' family with those restaurants I just mentioned. You look at uh, somebody like Mike Chase, who has you know the empire of East Tennessee restaurants between Calhoun's and Chesapeake's and Copper Cellar. Um, you look at people like...
0: You've got Randy Burleson, who just recently reopened Bistro by the Tracks and Bearden. Yeah. Who's but also, also kept Bistro by the Tracks in Happy Holler.
1: And Aubrey's. And Aubrey's. Um, <laughs> And so, and then, you know, just a couple other examples. People like, uh, you can even say Scout West on Market Square, where those are more bars, but there are food as well with Tommy Trent's and Bernadette's and Scruffy City Hall and Allison Appalachia and Preservation Pub. Um, And then there's also. Bobloo and Maple Hall share ownership. I mean, the list goes on and on. So there's there's people with the ability to invest in downtown because they've proven themselves downtown before. Um, but there's also you know all this new knowledge that's being passed down as well that's allowing people to try new things. So it's a very exciting time to be in the food scene, I must say.
0: Yeah, and just I, like we've said, there's so many options and so many that I haven't tried yet that I've been dying to that I'm still getting around to. And I still need to go to Rom's house over in Marble City Market. Uh, did get to try Kianga's Kitchen uh, recently, and it was delicious. Some of the best vegan food you can get in town, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that we have one food hall already and a second one in the works that's expected to open soon tells you a lot about Knoxville's food scene too. That there are at least you know at least ten stalls at Marble City Market and however many spaces they have over at Kern's Bakery. Um, the former Kerns Bakery going to become Kerns Food Hall. You know, there's that many people that are trying to start something related to food here. And a lot of that is people that have had food trucks. That's something we didn't even get at, um, you know, in this conversation. But you think about all the breweries here. Um, a lot of those breweries don't have food. What's the easiest way to get food to a brewery? have a food truck food truck um and so i think the food truck plays a lot into it as well but um so you have across the board from food trucks to fine dining right um knoxville has a little bit of everything and to answer the question that we had at the top of this podcast does pochke's national recognition trickle down and and help out you know rising tides lifts all ships kind of thing or is this a you know one-off instance of of success that we should still be excited for it doesn't hurt But I think, um, you know, other Knoxville restaurants are doing enough on their own um, that I think, uh, you know, Poshki is just a a piece of the puzzle to make this scene um, what it has the potential to be.
0: I definitely think having something like national recognition there of, hey, this is being recognized as one of the best restaurants in the country helps it. So when people begin to visit Knoxville more, they're like, oh, that restaurant was great. I wonder what other restaurants they have. And definitely wanting to go out and try more and experiment more with what Knoxville has to offer. I mean, for example, Big Ears, um, the year that Podgeki opened, like, is when it started getting recognized more by outside publications and nationally. Uh, Just having people influx come into Podgeki just while they're here for a big event like that was huge for them. And I think that that will begin to see that also with other restaurants as Big Ears comes up like more people will come into the city and they'll be like hey that was great what about Amelia downtown what about Babalu on Gay Street what about Landing House over in South Knox and
1: there's a lot of people you know chefs at one restaurant know the chefs at others and the owners know each other so there's a lot of there's still you know there's competition but it's friendly competition still in downtown Knoxville I think the big way that it helps though um, beyond like actually like you know directly helping is just the fact that Pochke proved it. It doesn't have to be, and not that other restaurants have not but it doesn't have to be your burgers and beer and barbecue, that you can open something as different as a Jewish deli in downtown Knoxville, something that downtown has never really seen before. And if you have the right concept, um, there is an appetite for it. I think you've seen the same thing at Marble City Market with some of the more outside-the-box concepts that they've invited over there that have been able to stick around. There's a taste for it. Um, And so, yeah, Pochke's success uh, Brother Wolf's success, Mysterious Stella's success, they've been uh, recognized by Esquire. All these prove that uh, Knoxville is a food city to be reckoned with. But I'm sure there's some stuff that we missed here on the show, so anyone who wants to th- uh, throw uh, their favorite restaurant in the hat for Um, You know, one that should make the list perhaps next year when we do this again. uh, Let us know by sending me a direct message on Instagram at Knox Scruff. You can also send an email to Ryan dot W.I.L.U.S.Z at Knox dot com. For you, Keenan, what's the best way to keep up with you and your work?
0: Just by visiting Knox dot com. I'm also still on X at Special K2 Real.
1: (laughs) That's the number two, everybody. And of course, you know, while we appreciate the support here on the Scruffy stuff, if you would like to take that support a step further, head on over to subscribe.noxnews.com to take advantage of our latest offers and sign up to support local journalism today. A subscription will get you unlimited access to all of our downtown stories, all of our Knoxville stories, Knox County, East Tennessee, everything from growth and development to politics to entertainment and nightlife to food and dining to education i mean really anything you would want to know about this place we call home you can find over at knox news and you can find in the description of this podcast links to both the urban knoxville newsletter and the urban knoxville facebook group both of those are free resources to keep you even more plugged in and let you join in on the downtown discussion and last but certainly not least a review goes a long way so give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening on tell us what you love about the show and what you would like to hear us talk about next And do not forget to sign up for alerts, so that way you get a notification every time a new episode drops. Or just come back here on Tuesdays. We're on most major streaming platforms, and the topics we talk about are available at NoxNews.com. So that does it here for the show today. Kenan, always a pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me. I will uh, see you uh, out there eating.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know it. Go
1: have some foods.
0: Go get some good eats.
1: Till next time, everyone. Stay scruffy.